0: Hello, my friends. Hello, my life warriors, wherever you are in the world. I do hope you're having a great day. Welcome to the Day In, Day Out podcast. This is episode oh number 71. Today on the podcast, I um, was very privileged to have on the show as a guest, uh, Caleb Harris. He is a author, filmmaker, blogger, and uh, to name one of the few skills he has. I believe this is the start of something special, and I think we'll be able to see this guy's name in lights in the near future. Uh, anyway, sit back, enjoy the podcast, enjoy the show, and yeah, if you have a moment or two, please take out a subscription and have an awesome day. Peace.
1: Uh-huh. Right.
0: Hello, my friends. Hello, my life warriors, wherever you are in the world. I do hope you're having a good day. Welcome to the Day In, Day Out podcast. Woo, uh, this is episode ooh, 71. Today, I am, ha- I am privileged. I am honored to have uh, Caleb Harris uh, on the podcast today. Ooh, he is our author, filmmaker, and blogger to name uh, just a few of his skills. Anything else, um, he might have to take me out. But nevertheless, how are you today, sir?
1: Uh, I'm doing well, man, doing very well.
0: Uh, You are, what can I say? You are almost quite a renaissance man, author, filmmaker, blogger. What else do you do? Or what else, or should I say, what else don't you do?
1: Uh, I don't fix cars. No, nope. I let other people fix my car, because if I fix my car, then I'll break it, and it's one of those things where I like to just crawl before I walk, so that's why I'm always able to do a lot of things, but it's always practice makes perfect, but when it comes to my car, I do let the professionals take care of that, but that will be something I'll be trying to learn myself over the next couple of years.
0: Ah, so future mechanic as well. Okay, yeah. I'm liking it. What do you drive at this rest of the time?
1: Uh, Right now, I drive a Chrysler 200, and it's a 2014 model. And I just got it about a year ago. Drives pretty well. I like it. Uh, Got no problems. Very simple for me, so I I like the car.
0: Perfect, perfect. So, like, this is the thing. As I said, yeah, you're an author, filmmaker, blogger. Um, What, like, what was the first thing? What sort of, like, did, like, put this spark in you to, like, you know what I mean? Get out there and really go at it for under three different like three different waves what was it
1: I think it was just boredom you know I've, I've always been very like a creative person so like whenever like I'm talking to somebody or I'm doing something like I always have to just keep busy in some kind of way and I never been able to be one of those kind of people where I could just do one thing that's why like I can make films I do blogs uh, sometimes I do videography I always do all these things I always want to keep myself busy and I always enjoy creating things. So if I'm not creating something, then I just get really bored and I just don't really feel too good about myself.
0: I see. Enjoy creating things. Uh, yeah. So like, this is the thing. Like With regards to, let's say, the filmmaking, like filmmaking when did you start getting into like film and you went, hey, you know what? I like watching film. I want to make one.
1: Yeah, I started... Uh, Getting into film when I was like very like young, I didn't write like an actual screenplay till I was like like sixteen years old, and I still haven't put that screenplay into practice. I'm gonna give it a little bit more revision, and I think in the next couple years I'm gonna work on that. But I dropped a documentary called Help Us, and it's basically about the heroin epidemic that was going on in my town of Enfield, Connecticut. And so ever since I was like sixteen years old, I even studied this when I was in college. I just always like the way that films could just, like, take you away. Like, it's just something about watching a two-hour film or a one-hour film, or even if it's three hours. Like, if it's really good, it just takes you away from everything and puts you into your own little world, which is very fascinating to me.
0: No, nah, no, nah, taking you away from your world. Like, yep. that, it's, like, you decided to do a documentary in Info, Connecticut like, I have to say, Enfield, Connecticut, because as I mentioned before we started, there is yeah. Enfield in London. Like so, mm-hmm. Connecticut, Enfield, Connecticut, uh, the heroin epidemic in Connecticut. Like what, like, like, how did you sort of gather the resources to actually get this film underway?
1: Well, I talked to the cops. They were one of the kind of people in the director at the time who actually helped me out with this. Like, He was also the director and the executive producer. His name was Comey Buano, and he had told me that uh, one of his cousins had died from a heroin epidemic, and he was talking about it, but I think he didn't want to actually like do the idea, so it was more his idea, and I kind of capitalized on it because it was like, okay, well, I- I'm just going to do it. Why not? So I talked to a couple cops. I talked to a couple of like counselors. I talked to other people as well, and I basically just gathered as much information from his little library, and I basically put the whole thing together. It's a twenty-minute documentary, so I, I think it, I did a pretty good job on it.
0: Wow, twenty-minute document! Like, this is the thing. Like, you see people like throw up videos here, there, and everywhere, like YouTube, like TikTok. Like, I know this is very, like, very different. Vimeo but like to like go okay yeah uh speak to someone go yeah I would do a documentary but then you like go if you're not gonna do it come on it yeah doesn't, doesn't <laughs> to happen like come on uh, I'll mm. do it so like was it just you yourself or was it a case of you managed to gather in a crew of people together
1: uh, my crew was like on and off because I learned about like with film, like you can get people and then sometimes people don't show up and sometimes you're just running on the fly. So with my crew, I want to say I had like five people, but I was the director, the writer, the producer. I played multiple hats. I had to jump on camera. I had to get my own B-roll, but you know I, I didn't mind it because I was keeping busy and it was keeping me out of trouble. And, you know, I basically was doing the better good. So I basically just followed the purpose and went all in basically and it was hard but i think the payoff came out pretty well ah the better
0: good and like the payoff like when you say the better good like could you sort of go into that a little bit deeper
1: yeah like the better good is now people realize because whenever you watch the news they always a lot of them talk about the problem right so since a lot of them talk about the problem not too many of them want to talk about the solution like my, the goal of my documentary was to show like, OK, we know there's something going on, but we're actually doing something about it. We're not just ignoring it. It's just it's about getting the resources and, you know, finding the right people. But I gave people, you know, an opportunity to see, OK, well, there's drop boxes around so you could just drop off the drugs and you will not be charged by any means necessary. Uh, there's also counseling and therapy sessions in Enfield for anyone who has a drug addiction. And most importantly, there's always somebody to talk to. Mm.
0: And like, with this, um, did you see, uh, after your video, like, oh, sorry, after your documentary came out, was, right. like, did you see a sort of immediate uptake uh, with some of the drop-off places you were talking about and people, like, increasing numbers going to counseling, or was it more subtle,
1: I think it was a combination of both, but I, I definitely want to say that it was more subtle. I definitely believe that I don't see too many people talking about like the heroin epidemic in Enfield since like uh, 2016. And right now it's 2020 and it seems like it's been going down a bit. So I think that my documentary had a part of it. Other people had a pro- part of it as well. I think like we all worked together. It wasn't just me, but we all worked together and we started to come up with an actual solution. And Solutions always work because when you have solutions, everything becomes a lot better.
0: Mm. No, I, like, I can imagine, like, being part of a solution, like, that is, uh, like, you know how people go, you can change the world, you can influence and, like, make changes in someone's life just by doing this right. and It's one of those things, if you say it to someone, they'll go, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah, I can make the changes, mm God, yeah, thank you very much. I, I yep. feel, uh, but you kind of never kind of believe it if you get what I mean. Like, yeah, how did that feel to you when you like you did the documentary? And you were like, okay, wow, I really did make an effect. I really did uh, make a change uh, to my local community. What was that like?
1: Uh, it feels like it was a weight off of my shoulder because I'm basically just a regular guy, you know, just your simple everyday introvert who basically can talk when I need to, and sometimes just silent when I want to be. And it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, I finally, I did something and now people are starting to pay attention to me. And like people are asking me more questions and now people, it has at least, I want to say over a thousand views right now, but also people are still talking about it to this day, which uh, is, I'm very thankful for that. Just very uh, humbling experience to know that you actually solved the problem. Mm -hmm.
0: Like, so I can imagine this is something which, like doing that and ha- like being such a, well, a challenging uh, experience as well as a positive experience. Like, uh, I can only imagine that something which would light a fire in you to certainly do more uh, with regards to film. Uh, like, was there any other films you did after this or was it a case of you, doing, you did that documentary and now you're sort of trying to set things up for the future?
1: Yeah, I did one documentary, and then later on, I wanted to study more of, like, uh, mental health issues, so I decided to go right back into writing books again. So I recently uh, have published a book called uh, Suffering in Silence, August 15, 2003, which deals with the main character named Ricky Johnson, and he's basically going through his own complex, I definitely want to say coming-of-age story, even though he's, like, 27, because he still thinks, like, an adolescent teenager. Which is the problem with a lot of young men around my group is that they're still thinking with their, you know, down there sometimes, and you know they don't actually want to think with their brains a lot. So he's one of those people who needs a lot of help in that department.
0: Yeah, no, trust me. I I think every guy uh, goes <laughs> to that stage of us. Yeah. Oh, I go, How are you thinking? I'm thinking well. <laughs> what do you want to do? Uh-huh. <laughs> No, yep. I understand. So, like, this is the thing like, you, like, from what I can see, you've done three books, so it's like, like, three books. Okay, look, uh, two, yes, I can definitely get on with, and the vegan book, I'm, I'm sorry, I like it's
1: like, understandable.
0: That's part of me, which is just like going, yeah,
1: right, I, I, yep.
0: it'll be a long time before I change on that side of things, but like, yeah. But how long did it take you to do, uh, like, Suffering in Silence?
1: Oh, I felt like forever because I, I was doing this book since, like, 2018. And I, I, when I got a new job, like, I, I transferred over from being, like, a janitor and a photography assistant to being a paraprofessional at a school. And, like, when the teacher is not there, I could actually substitute teach sometimes. So I was doing a combination of the two. So I was like very busy. I didn't make too much time. So literally I'm working like an eight to three and I'm going right back to bed. And like sometimes I'd hit the gym and I was like, damn it, I just, I don't have any time to write. So I would have to write more on the weekends and like years later, it's like, okay, I know this book is here. I got to finish it. Let me get it done. So it took me two years to write that book. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. This
0: is the thing. I think what I often see is, like, we always see the sort of end product in society. It's like, right. this person's come from nowhere and everything like this. But the sort of, like, day in, day out, the hard knocks of it all. Like, you, like, working as a janitor, as a photo assistant, then basically yeah. as a teacher assistant. And then, like, you're just like, all I've got is the weekends and Mm -hmm. still maintain that focus to still come out of a book after two years (laughs) yeah like um, if like if you had say 30 percent more time to yourself what do you think your limits would be
1: damn I don't know I think I'd probably just be playing like basketball or something or just meditating just trying to keep sane but you know basically I'd probably take more of that time to try and write more to be honest because I don't really do too much. I mean, I used to, you know, do the whole, like, bar and club scene. But Mm -hmm. now, you know, I'm I'm older now. I'm just not feeling that kind of scene no more. I want to be more productive and just basically... I I started realizing, like, that whole scene is just so boring and repetitive. And, like, I just can't keep doing it anymore. So I decided to transfer transfer into just writing more.
0: I see. Like, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you?
1: I'm
0: 26. 26? Uh Yep that's where the change normally happens, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trust me. It's like, yeah. like, you're 26, you've got you've got time on your side, and like, right. like, you're more productive. That is always a good, like, it's good to hear, because time is a precious commodity we never get back. And, mm-hmm. like, we're, like, we're doing, like, yeah, uh, suffering silence, better luck uh, next time, uh, Daryl. Uh, yeah, two years for the Silence book. And how long did it take you to do uh, uh, Bare Luck, uh, Next Time, Daryl?
1: Yeah, surprisingly, since th- that book was like, I want to say like 30, 33 pages or so. So that book didn't really take me too long. That took me about, I want to say, somewhere between uh, six months to a year. So when I wasn't a janitor, when I wasn't a photography assistant, I was able to put a little bit of time into you know, actually getting that book done. It did take a while, but, you know, I was able to get it done in 2018.
0: Okay. And, like, with the sort of writing, what is your sort of process to get this, like, books done? Like, I know, like, well, patience is definitely one of the things there. Yeah,
1: definitely. <laughs> definitely that. Uh, I don't really have, like, a, a structured, like, Stephen King kind of, like, you know, process. It basically just comes to mind. Like, I'll literally sit down, I'll write ideas on a piece of paper and then revisit it like two, three weeks later, and then I'll just pick one at random and start writing it. Like, that's my, like, random style. Some people say, well, that doesn't really work, but, well, it worked for me, so I keep doing it.
0: I see. Like, I see. So is it going to be a case of, you mentioned Stephen King and his kind of methodology of, right. like, Um, I know Stephen King's sort of methodologies ever so slightly, so I can't really sort of go into it terribly. Like, like he was like, "Yeah, if you want to write about cowboy like stories, you write about cowboy stories all the time. If you want to do like mafia, you write about the mafia all the time." And right. like, the whole thing is, um, is it going like is your sort of novels more sort of how to say slightly autobiography like, or is it a case of you are just dealing with one particular subject matter right now, and you are sort of looking to do a number of different things in the future?
1: Right now, when it comes to books, it's going to be a combination of like fiction and like autobiography and nonfiction as well. So I'll be into those three things. And the thing about uh, Suffering in Silence is it's going to be an ongoing series. So the next book, I'm going to focus on another character who's dealing with his own mental health issues as a young kid. So that's going to be just an ongoing series. And I hope to complete uh, 10 books over the next couple of years. I don't have an actual dateline, but I want to say I'd like to get all ten books done by at least two thousand and twenty-four. That's attainable, but I'll definitely have to work a little bit harder. But I definitely feel that that's that's possible for me.
0: Ten books by two thousand and twenty-four, churning them out. Okay, so yeah, by, so a mission right there. Uh, will you have mm-hmm. a sort of name for the series for all ten books?
1: Yeah, the whole series will just be Suffering in Silence. And it'll basically, there'll be a new title. Like with the first book is August 15, 2003. And then it'll just be another title for the next one. Oh,
0: I'm liking that. I'm liking that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You mentioned mental health a couple of times uh, with regards to our conversation so far. Like, right. Uh, mental health. Like, how would you say mental health uh, for you? Is, like, a good thing, bad thing? What's been the sort of your experience?
1: with It Uh, it used to be a bad thing for me because, you know, like, around – I want to say, like, 2018, as, you know, I told you before, like, I was always at, like, the bars and the clubs and all. And I was always there just drinking so heavily all the time, like, you know, trying to party with all the women and, like, trying to chase whatever I could get. And I just – I always knew right from wrong. Like, my mother always taught me right from wrong. But it was one of those things where, like – I never could understand it because, like, obviously my father wasn't in my life all the time. So I didn't have a lot of male guidance, but I had some. But I was like, okay, I'll I'll just have my fun and, you know, I'll just chill out and I'll be fine because I'm like this invincible 21-year-old and nothing can touch me. And then as I get older and I'm like, oh, my God, my body feels terrible. I'm miserable. I'm cranky, and like I hate this lifestyle so much. But like I keep going and keep rallying on. Like my friends keep saying, "Hey, can we go to the bar again?" I'm like, "No, no." And I think after you know, I was 24. I cut out all the drinking. I cut out all the marijuana, any kind of like supplements or anything like that that was questionable to my health. And I went sober. That's what I decided to do. And I started to just you know focus all my attention and into positive things. Oh, like, this
0: is a thing. Like, I say every everybody, like, they go, like, everybody generally goes through the same process you go through. But there's, right. like, there, there is a couple of times I would say everyone has a sigh moment when you're out and mm-hmm. about, you look around. <laughs>
1: <sighs> yeah. like, right. I'm getting too old for this, and I'm still, like, in my 20s. Well, it's, yeah. Oh, man, it was, yeah, I had so many side moments, so many, and I, I remember I would, like, try to tell a couple of my friends about him, but I was, like, well, I don't want to come across as, you know, like, that guy who was, like, ruining the fun, so I would just, you know, bottle it up, uh, just take another drink, and I was, like, "What? why am I doing this? And then, you know, I was finally just able to say, all right, enough's enough, I, I gotta stop doing this.
0: Yeah. so you're a young man by old soul.
1: Yeah, pretty much, yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's it ah
0: oh, excellent well, like, I should, well this is the thing so with that you stopped the drinking you stopped like smoking like you like you you as you said you went sober like right so from there what was there any other sort of sort of change to sort of help you focus on like basically getting the books done and like yeah
1: Depending yeah on, so Basketball helped out a lot and meditation helped out a lot as well because that helped me just to not really think about the bar life and the club life. And most importantly, like with basketball and meditation, it helped me actually relax more and actually keep my mind focused to actually write. So it was those, those two things that helped me out a lot. And also, you know, I've been trying to hit the gym a little bit more. I've been getting a little bit too, a little more consistent in the gym as of late before, you know, obviously when you're drinking that heavily, you know, the last thing you're thinking about is the gym. That That's just it. And, like, I was, like, 195. And now I'm, I want to say I'm 160, so I, I definitely lost a lot of weight because most of it was just from the liquor anyway. So uh definitely feel a hell of a lot better doing all those three things. Ah, sweet.
0: Excellent. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, trust me, uh, yes, like, getting up in the gym early morning, like, I have, I have witnessed many a person being slightly hungover uh, trying to mm-hmm. mate and try to get their reps in doesn't really work at all
1: Nope, not at all
0: <laughs> <laughs> like you mentioned basketball and meditation like the reason why i'm just like sort of inquiring more about this is because they are quite two sort of different activities on the extreme because basketball is like yeah go 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 and meditation
1: yeah meditation is like, just slow down. Yeah. It's, it's different. But like, I, I think, I think the thing about basketball is like, I've always been fascinated with like basketball, like my team's the Boston Celtics. Like I'm a big fan of Paul Pierce. Mm-hmm. I was very really like heartbroken when they, you know, they traded him away to the New York nets. i still to this day think they shouldn't have done that. That's just my little personal two cents on the matter. But you know, the thing with about basketball is when you're running so fast all the time, you still need to train your mind to slow down because you have to think about it when you're, you know, you're shooting free throws, Mm. free throws, you have to stay still. So I think that's the reason why like a lot of guys in today's basketball game aren't really good at free throws because they're so used to moving so fast. And like the game is just so fast and I'm not really too sure as to why, but I can kind of compare it to the world and how we all just don't want to slow down. And I think, us slowing down and us just catching a minute and just thinking about things, we'd make less mistakes. And, you know, our mental health would just overall be so much better.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, so basically slowing down, taking time, like basically going through the processes with one's mind so you can yep. make it better. Uh, well, like but this way, like when you said people can't like do their, their free, like, free throw, shot oh my god my freak their free throw (laughs) tongue's gone off into another dimension (laughs) the only thing what came to mind was free throws shack can't do it again
1: shack is awful with free throws (laughs) absolutely awful oh man
0: that's built like a damn tank even till this day (laughs) (laughs) put it up there (laughs) okay put up there again (laughs) but yeah so meditation i can i get this feeling in 20 like 15 20 years time when you hit your 40s that you'll be mostly be doing yoga or something like that i can see you doing that like getting that i can of, see
1: myself doing that yeah that would be something you know just doing like meditation and yoga every day I, I could definitely see that because i see myself just becoming a lot more calmer and just basically uh, shedding my old skin of my early 20s so I basically just won't have like the patience for all of this like go 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 mentality. I'll do my best to just slow down and just catch my breath. Mm-hmm.
0: I like that. Like so, with that, like sort of bringing you back to the film side of things. So, who was like your sort of influences for films?
1: I was a combination of people. It was Dario Argentino, Spike Lee, uh, Alfred Hitchcock, and yeah it was Wes Craven as well those are all the guys I was fascinated with so I was always into like things that always seemed real but they were actually still fiction and I was always into horror as well so it was a combination of those two things and I've always believed in the key word of like realism like we know it's fiction but you want people to actually believe in it like you want people to actually believe like okay this person's going to go after this person this person's going to do this that and the third but like you know it's still fiction, but you want to get wrapped up in the story. And that's what I think true storytelling is when it comes to fiction stories.
0: Like, I was speaking to a screenwriter, uh, like, slash uh, producer. You might become a director in the future. And, like, the whole thing is, he talked about the different sides of the business, where like Hollywood and making films and everything like this. Uh, and he said he didn't, like, ever foresee himself being a producer. Like... Do you see yourself, like, becoming ultimately a screenwriter, producer, director? What would, like, if I said open one of these doors and it would lead you down, like, one of these paths and you could choose, which worthy would you go, do you reckon, at this present time?
1: I think I'd definitely just be the screenwriter. I think whenever I just write, like, when I'm done with a story after I've edited it over and over again – Mm. I'm the kind of person where it's like, you know, I don't want to look at this anymore. Like, let let them just deal with it. Like, I know they're going to change things, but as long as they keep it as original as humanly possible, then that's cool. But I don't want to be like... Because Spike Lee, he does a lot. Like, he pulls off, like... He can pull off multiple hats. And, like, I was able to do that when I did my documentary, but now thinking about it, like, I'd rather just be the screenwriter.
0: Mm. Okay. Right. So what would be... Like your next big screen uh, writing debut—well, not debut, but the next big screenwriting project.
1: I uh, definitely have to be something revolving around like revenge horror. You know, I, I'm very big on that kind of stuff. Like, I, I don't believe people in real life should like you know take the law into their own hands or anything like that. But just the the concept and the psychology behind it is just so fascinating to me. Like. The fact that somebody was just screwed over and they're just, you're going to go out and they're going to get their revenge. Cause I remember I recently watched this film called the final from 2010. It's like your the typical high school film, you know, like the, the jocks are messing around with the outcasts and obviously the outcasts just had enough, like, we're not going to sit here and take this anymore. So we're going to get back at you guys. So they set up a party, got them all drunk and got them all drugged up. And you know, they basically tortured them the whole entire time. And obviously, I wouldn't do this in real life, obviously. Because I'm not that kind of guy. But the fact that they went on and said, you know what? I'm so tired of this. It, it clicks into the human mind. Like, when you mess with somebody so many times, there's only so many times that they could actually let you keep messing with them.
0: Mm. Yeah, like this is the thing. When I think revenge horror, the thing what pops into my mind and I think it's because you mentioned Stephen King earlier is Carrie. Yeah.
1: Yup, Carrie. That's one of my favorites. Yep.
0: Yeah. Basically, going through it all, and you're like, yeah, you're just seeing that girl like who's been bullying her, bullying her, bullying uh-huh. her. It's like, going, okay. And When she switch.
1: Like they dropped blood on her. Like, what? What was she supposed to do? You know, it's one of those kind of things.
0: Yeah, and then they it all. It's
1: <laughs> like, you're like going, oh my. Yeah. God. But yeah. Mhm. Yeah, love that.
0: <laughs> it's like I, I, yeah. now i feel like i need to watch that again um Yo. i will have to check out amazon later but yeah uh, mm-hmm. uh, revenge horror oh, interesting interesting would like would there be any particular stars you would be looking for to be
1: in that mm. I, I don't know the particular stars i would want maybe i'd I don't know. I, I'd have to give that a little bit more thought. I, I know uh, guys like uh, Denzel Washington, he's not really into horror, but if I could, like, give a pretty good pitch, I could see, you know, Denzel doing something like this, you know, going from the good outstanding citizen and, you know, making his own little heel turn and basically, you know, just stabbing some people in the back. And I don't know. I we'll would have to give that some more thought.
0: You can't get Denzel. Get his son. Hmm.
1: This his son's really good. Yep. His son is really good. Yeah. I saw him in the show Ballers. That was really good. You
0: know what? I only watched about three episodes of the first seasons of Ballers, and I was, like, you know, I, was like, I was like watching it. I was like, couldn't really kind of get into it. I don't know why. It just didn't hit the right notes for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but uh, one of the things I'm I'm interested to know, Tenant. Would that be a film what would get you back into the cinema right now?
1: I, I think so. That, that definitely would be like the film that would get me back into it.
0: Mm, because wait, isn't it out this weekend over in America? Or am I wrong about that?
1: Yeah, I think the movie theaters still in America are closed. I don't know when they're going to like open them up back again, but I'm I'm excited cuz I've been itching just to see really any film. It doesn't even matter what it is. Like I just want to see a film. Like me and my buddy, we always go to film and we always critique everything, but like that's like our bonding time. Like we always go to the go to the theater. So, I'm itching to go back as soon as possible.
0: What was the last film you saw in the cinema?
1: I think it was now, I, I don't remember the exact film I saw. It was, huh, I think it was Avengers, the, the newest one that came out. I'm trying to think what. About- yeah. It, it's been a while. It was either that or Halloween. Like, I haven't been to the theater that long, but I, I don't know. I think I'm just, I haven't been to the theater so long, and the coronavirus has me missing the movie theater even more. So, I don't know. I, 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 don't remember the last one I've watched, to be honest.
0: For myself, it was Ford versus Ferrari. Mm. Good film. Good like, film. Like, okay. Oh. So, with this, okay, we've touched on your films and we touched on your books, but like, yeah, with all the things you're doing, working, book writing, like, yeah, film, like, Writing film scripts and such. Yep. Like, where did you get the time to, like, go, yeah, you know what? What I need on my life is adding a blog to it.
1: Oh, man, that is, yeah. I, that started when I was, like, in 2017. I just graduated college from the <laughs> University of New Haven with a communications degree, so I was like, I, I might as well just start blogging, too. And I would write just, like, you know, basically just common sense things and it turned more into common sense into more into like mental health. So basically, it ties into like accountability, transparency, you know, it, it mentions a couple of stories that I did in my past and I try to give people like the actual problem and give them the solution to it because I'm always a very solution oriented kind of person. So I definitely enjoy doing my blog on popular opinions and I always post every Monday. I do have another one coming up this Monday. I'm also looking for guest bloggers. So if anyone wants to you know, fill in that hat for Wednesdays. That'll also be available as well.
0: Ah, excellent! So, yeah, anyone out there who wants to be a guest blogger, by all means, step in. Uh yeah, can mm-hmm. talk with this man here. Ah, Mr. Harris. Yeah, I'm liking it. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. So, with that, like it went as you said. It went from just. Common sense to mental health and being accountable for things. So, what would be some of the things you would say advise or write about in the blog, for example?
1: Uh, for example, I definitely believe in just you know treating people the way they want to be treated because I know a lot of people. I, I do. I have seen this a lot. Like a lot of people don't know what they're actually doing. Like I remember, like there's times where there was one of my friends where I had to literally explain to him. I didn't know why it had to explain it explain this to him, but it was one of those things where I had to explain to him, like, look, you can't keep borrowing money from all of us all the time. Like, you have to pay us back. Like, that's just what you have to do. But he didn't understand that because he grew up around people where they basically just borrowed money, borrowed money, and they just paid you back when they felt like it. So instead of just getting mad at him and giving him an attitude, I had to sit down and explain to him, like, it's all about morals and principles. Like, I can't have you as my friend if you don't pay me back. So it was one of those things where I had to like sit down and tell him that, but he did pay me back though. He's getting better with money.
0: Okay, well, like this is the thing. Like, if a good, like, if a good sort of well, not talking to, but an educational moment comes up, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's good to talk because, like, yeah, if you didn't have that conversation, how I many, how long would it be before he went, wait a second, uh, <laughs> I need to
1: yeah.
0: pick myself up. What am I doing? And like, yeah. Um, I'll eventually pay back that small gdp of a small country back to you guys Uh, (laughs) (sighs) Uh, Like so Podcasts like yeah Here's the thing podcasts. Like you don't have a podcast at this present time. Is that correct?
1: Well, I just made a podcast. I just I It's one of those things where I've just been like, so I've had so many hats, but I decided I've been trying to get more into talking. I feel like I don't do enough talking as much. So I want more people to hear my voice as well. So I recently just dropped my episode of Shall We Continue, which is on my uh, website, which is my link tree, uh, C-H-A-R-R-8. So if you just go down to that one, it's Shall We Continue. My first episode is out there, and I just recently made the website, but it basically talks about, uh, you know, it goes into more of the things I did more in my past and I just go into more storytelling mode. But I also just uncover topics that not too many people always talk about as well. So it's basically an ongoing process. I don't know when the next episode is going to drop, but hopefully it'll either be tomorrow or next month. I'm going to try and drop at least two episodes a month. That's going to be the goal.
0: Two episodes a month? Okay, great. Now, this is the thing, Wild I'll simply say to you, Consistency, consistency, consistency. Uh, if you right. if a episodes a month, like say it's the first and the fifteenth, or like something like that, to
1: keep
0: people connected with it on the regular, uh, I think that'll be work or work out really well for you. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, one of the things I think many people when they start doing podcasts or something new is the, like lack of consistency. But you've demonstrated this yeah. with regards to your blog. Uh, bringing that out every Monday, so uh, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: So let me ask you this: like, if I could give you, like, if I could give you the power to sort of like make like any sort of change manifest in the world, what sort of change would you bring forward?
1: I would definitely uh, talk about the the elephant in the room. You know, the give yourself a deep look in the mirror. So. It could be like something like the Candyman effect where, you know, you see yourself in the mirror and you basically see that actual image of yourself and it's that bad image of yourself, you know, the inner demons, the insecurities, all of those things. And you know, every time you keep looking at that mirror, you're gonna keep seeing those things unless you change. So th- that would be a cool power to have. Like I know a lot of people wanna be like invisible and all these other things, but I'd like to just have the power to just Show people what they've been doing and actually make some changes.
0: Uh, well, uh, with Candyman powers, well, less hook, we hope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> without um, the
1: hook, yeah, without the hook. <laughs> uh,
0: I like that. And when you say mirror, like, yeah, you know, the thing that comes to mind, I don't know if you know a guy called David Goggins. Have you heard of him?
1: Yeah, I, I've heard of him, yeah.
0: Yeah, like, he's got this thing called the accountability mirror where basically mm-hmm. he puts up all of the things, uh, like if he needs to do this, needs to do that, and uh, yeah, keeps him focused to work on uh, bringing those things, uh, well, taking them down one by one, uh, yeah.
1: Right.
0: I can have, uh, oh. oh, with that, um, oh. So, with this, what do you think you're going like? You're sort of you're 26 now, right? What is your plan for yourself? What do you want to achieve by the time you're 31?
1: Uh, By the time I'm 31, I hope that I'm just you know writing full time because like right now I'm a paraprofessional. I also do a couple odd jobs, you know, helping out the family, selling things out of my house, but. Basically, by the time I'm like 31, I just want to make this a living. You know, like I don't mind working for people. I never had a problem with work ethic, but it just seems as if, I don't know, maybe it just seems as if creatives don't fit into the current work world of today, the current work world of go, 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 fast, 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 hurry, hurry, hurry. Because so I was watching like this documentary, I want to say a couple of days ago, and it was, I forgot what the title was, but it was a UK documentary, and it was basically about five people, they are around the ages from 25 to 50, and they were basically talking about how they were just burnt out because they worked so hard, and they basically didn't have much to show for it. So one guy literally, he got fired because he was working for a job for 25 years, like 25 long years for a company, and then he just decided, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. Like, I can't sleep. I can't even count to the number 10. Like, that was, I remember seeing, hearing that. I was like, I don't want to be like that.
0: Hmm. So you don't want to be like that. You like, like well, Be anyone who is like so mentally drained they can't actually count up to number ten. Uh, yeah, you know, that is that's never a good thing. Uh, like mm-hmm. this is the thing. I, look, with I'll say this: like with regards to yourself, like with you sort of doing your writing, like doing like doing the documentary, like and the other jobs you're doing on the side, I think right. I think that's going to be it, it, you've got the foundations to go forward and you know this, you must know this yourself uh, like I think you're not going to end up being one of them and like yeah, if you feel like you're going down that path uh, you know to put a sort of stop on that and go wait a second, no, that, remember that documentary, it scares the living between right. Um, like it's just so easy to drift that way It's so easy Mm -hmm. not to sort of like follow like what you want to do. Like, because like, here's the thing people go, yeah, you get a family, you get this, you get that and get this. And like, yeah, there's never enough time to do what you want to do. But the simple fact of the matter is there is the time. It's just a case of maintaining that energy to make sure you can push forward and make sure you can show up each day. It, that is the, trick of it all and like with that i've seen i've seen friends who've like gone i've got this dream i've wanted to do this and him sort of by the wayside and get burnt out themselves and it's never a good thing because you like look at them and go you could have been so happy you could have had so many things and yeah But do you feel you see that in some of your friends which are like coming up like with you right now
1: yeah, I, I see it in a couple of them, but not not too many of them, because I I know some of my friends, it's just, I was telling a friend, you know, I think it was a couple of days ago, so he works at a warehouse, so he's uh, considered the essential worker, and I was like, dude, don't work too hard, like, just do your job, go home, like, you don't owe the company anything, like, y- you just don't, and you could always find another job, but, like, you're doing the best that you could do, and like, definitely don't put all that pressure on yourself, and a lot of guys are you know, it's, it's a lot of tensions going on because of the coronavirus, because, you know, we have people that are working from home and the essential workers. Well, a couple of my friends, a couple of them think that they're just lazy or they just keep complaining about unemployment and all this other stuff. So that's, you know, messing with their mental health as well, because they're worrying too much about that when they should just be worrying really just about themselves and their own mental health.
0: So how have you been handling the lockdown lifestyle? Over in America, because Connecticut is right next door to New York State, and Yo. it's been how can I say, New York has been—it was absolutely insane. For mm-hmm. a, one, of, like, one of my best friends, like brother from another mother, he lives right. upstate in New York, uh, you know, Poughkeepsie.
1: Oh uh, no, I'm not familiar with that.
0: It's about an hour away from New York City, uh, up north. Okay,
1: I'll keep that in mind. Yep. Oh
0: so, yeah. How have you been sort of dealing with, like, the lockdown world?
1: Man, I just accepted it. I was like, you know, when we go back, we go back. Uh, I'm supposed to go back to my school in three weeks, but right now they've just been paying me from home, and, you know, that's what I've been doing. So we've been locked down since, like, March, I want to say 16th. So it's been a couple months, and it's basically just me just relaxing, you know, going to the gym, just – keeping up with my writing, promoting my book and, you know, doing a couple of podcasts and just, you know, just coming up with different ways to just keep myself sane, uh, making more money and things like that. So yeah, I just come to terms with it. And, you know, I just try to stay away from all the crazy people who just keep freaking out because some people are freaking out because of masks and vaccines. And I I literally just stop watching the news as much. Like I'll watch it for about an hour. I'm like, you guys are now, you guys are all just reaching now. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I hear one thing, like, people are saying, wear your mask. Now people are saying don't wear your mask. Like, now we have this vaccine coming out. Hey, everyone, take this vaccine. And it's just, it's just too crazy to get into.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. Uh, Yeah, let's just say all governments around the world have not handled this well. (laughs) Yeah. Like, (laughs) like, uh, just simply, go, yeah. Any any government which is trying to get on its high horse, like going, we've done better than this country or that country, just you know, stop. It's like, yeah, it's the like, ego crazy. thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right now, because it ain't worth it. It ain't worth. Yeah. It. Like yeah, you're just gonna drive everyone crazy. Mm-hmm.
1: That, uh, mm.
0: So, in the next say year or so, what have any projects coming up? I, like. Are you going to write another book, or is it going to be another film? Or, like, hey, what's going to happen in the next six months?
1: I think I'm going to focus a little bit more on the blog and the podcast. And as far as books right now, I don't have anything else, like, coming out. But I'll definitely, you know, continue to, like, plot for the Suffering in Silence series. Uh, I'll probably explore more nonfiction. Maybe I'll make a memoir or something. But it's still up in the air.
0: A memoir? like at I twig- Yeah. Come on now, like, don't do a I've memoir. i thought about it. Like, don't, don't do a <laughs> memoir yet. Well, like, you've got plenty of years left in you.
1: <laughs> right. It's either I would do it, like, around, either I turn, like, 50 or 60, or at least, you know, start plotting for it. Like, at least get down a couple of the details. But I wouldn't release it anytime soon. I would just be, you know, get, get into the working phase of it all.
0: Okay. So when, some, when someone's like, I'm going to write a memoir, there's going to be... A, some adventures out there. Are you going to plan to sort of travel around the world? Is there any sort of countries you'd like to see?
1: Yeah, I'd like to visit uh, Europe, uh, the United Kingdom. I uh, definitely want to visit Africa, Hawaii, Puerto Rico. Those are the ones on my list. So I definitely want to get into traveling. I've definitely been, you know, working really hard. Definitely want to explore something else except for the United States. So that's what I plan on doing for the next couple of years or so.
0: Ah, Excellent. Excellent. Yes. If there was one thing, and this will mostly be one of my final questions, uh, yeah, what would be one thing on your bucket list apart from travel?
1: Let's see. Hmm. That's a good one. I'm like, I got to think of this one a little bit. Bucket list, what's something I want to do? Man, I haven't really given that too much thought. I think it's just it goes back to, like, you know, making a living off of my writing. That would just be on my bucket list. Or yeah, I think that would just be the one, you know, just to make a living off of my writing. Because I've always been so passionate about this. And I feel as if, you know, the world, the working place world, we, we don't really get along too well. It's just basically me just biding my time. Uh, basically, I want to live more of a minimalistic lifestyle. So maybe I'll, like, you know, live out in the woods. Because I've always been a big fan of, like, Henry David Thoreau and his lifestyle. He was always talking about minimalism. But he didn't actually, like, you know, code the name minimalism. It was more transcendentalism, living one with nature. And when I read Walden and I read, you know, civil disobedience and all these other things, I've always been chasing after, like, that very simplified life. Like, the quieter, the better. Too much noise is just way too much noise. So I I may try to get out into the woods. May have a house in the woods one day.
0: Uh, you know what I can I can see that with you man <laughs> I mean yeah. like, that's the thing. I can see it like yeah just like yeah Hat in a cabin internet connection mm-hmm. and I like, just like
1: yeah
0: just, yeah yeah and maybe like, I'll know.
1: go visit the world when I want to visit it but not today if I don't have to uh, <laughs> like,
0: occasionally like occasionally go hunting every now and then oh sorry no not hunting like just like yeah a oh,
1: sightseeing, time. we'll go sightseeing, yeah.
0: Uh, ah,
1: yeah. Like, yeah.
0: You're a peaceful man, my friend. You're a peaceful man. I like that.
1: Oh, thank you. Appreciate it, yeah. Ah,
0: like, absolute last thing. What has been, like, the TV show or TV series or film which has actually kept you, like, going through lockdown?
1: Man, I'd, I'd definitely say it's been... Uh, That UK show Skins. I I really have a guilty pleasure for, like, those coming-of-age debauchery kind of shows because I can, in a way, relate to it, not on that dark of a level, but I just – I really like just the characters. I can really identify with why they're doing the things that they're doing, you know, broken household, you know, still trying to figure out who they are. And I've always been a big fan of, like, that coming-of-age style. So I've been watching a couple of episodes of Skins. I've watched them so many times now, but I just – I love those kind of things. I think my favorite character is Cook. You know, he's that tough badass, but you can tell like deep down inside, he's got a good heart. It's just he's so misguided. But if he was like put in the right direction, he could just do so many things.
0: Oh superb, superb. Yo. Loving that. Like you know what? Yeah, uh, Skins, Skins is a show which has been like that was like 10 years ago here in the UK. Yeah. And like uh-huh. Let's just say, at the time when it was released, it was one of the more risque shows on yeah. TV at the time. But yeah, many a person has a fond memory of that show. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> like,
1: oh. yeah. The United States tried to do a remake, and it just it didn't click. It did not click at all. I'm like, I've, someone told me because I, I what I did is I originally watched the U.S. version. I'm like, this isn't good. So, somebody said, go watch the UK version. I'm like, okay, this is 10 times better. I like this one a hell of a lot more. The other one was just, oh, I was like, oh, this is terrible. You know, sometimes we just, as Americans, we do too much. We just do too much.
0: <laughs> like, there's certain things, like, like, yeah. Things like America is great at many a thing.
1: Uh huh. Like,
0: superb. Like, you know what? You are second to none in mm-hmm. so much. Yo, to changing over a British show into an American show, no,
1: it didn't work at all. <laughs> Not at all.
0: Like, yeah, it's no, just don't do it. Don't. Yeah. Ah, do oh, brilliant.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, oh, thank you very much for yeah. Your- no problem,
1: man. Appreciate uh, it.
0: Yeah, you've been great. Like, can you tell people how they can find you? Where they can find you?
1: Yeah, they can find me if they just type in my uh, website, which is my link tree. It's L-I-N-K-T-R. E-E, e And it's a dash mark and it's C-H-A-R-R-A. And that's where you can find my Instagram at Caleb Hates Cake, uh, my Facebook, Caleb Harris, my blog and popular opinions. Like it's all listed there on the website. So if you just go on that website, uh, you'll definitely be able to check me out. I always post things. i basically every day. So if you're looking for any kind of like positivity, a way to keep on going, to stay calm during the coronavirus, I definitely believe I'm your guy.
0: Perfect. What I'll also do, I'll put that in the description as well so they can find you. Uh, Yeah. And yes, I've got to say once again, thank you uh, for you coming today you've been a superstar and yeah i'd like to say thank you to anyone who is still listening at this point in time uh i want to say stay well stay safe be excellent be cool be fantastic be all the mm-hmm. best you can be in this world and then some anyway so i say
1: goodbye to you all, all right please, take please. care oh yeah and we are